when you come from a country that has nine major religions, it comes with its share of varied cultures, thought processes and rituals. Weddings play a very important part. So important that in spite of a pandemic, this $50 billion industry will be celebrating close to 25 lakh weddings in just one month, between 14th of November to the 13th of December. The Confederation of All India Traders said that out of these, 1.5 lakh would be in Delhi alone. If there's one industry that has revived itself in full swing, it is the wedding industry. Hi, this is WAC, a podcast hosted by me, Freeshia, where no topic is off bounds. And today, let's explore all things Indian weddings. So I wanted to share a really funny story from my wedding with each and every one of you. I got married a few years back and there were over a thousand people that had been invited for my wedding. As we were waiting to greet all the guests and it was a long line, I kind of wanted to visit the bathroom. At which point my husband turned to me and said, if you go to the loo, this line stops. This is a line full of strangers I don't even know. This line cannot stop. So we got my sister, who looks pretty much like me, to come on stage and continue greeting the guests as the bride. Nobody knew any better. And half my wedding album literally has my sister standing over there and posing with my guests. When I saw this video of a girl who went in her wedding clothes to give an exam, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, hey, maybe she was making a statement on how important education is for a girl today. But what she was also saying is that so is marriage. At the end of the day, marriage is a sacred union and different religions talk of it differently. Ancient Hindu texts point out three main aims of marriage. These are dharma, which is your duty. Praja, procreation, and rati, which is sensual pleasure. Islam looks upon marriage as sunha, an obligation, which must be fulfilled by every Muslim. Christianity holds marriage as crucial to life, and it lays an emphasis on the establishment of a mutual relationship between a husband and wife and their duty to each other. The census of 2001 shows us that the number of people that we have married in our country is almost close to 49.8% reporting as never married. Now, this is mainly due to the high proportion of young people that we have. And the married, well, they constitute the remaining 45.6%. But what really grabbed my attention is that when I took a look at the census table, I was shocked to see that children from the age of zero to four have more married people in that bracket than those from the age of 15 to 24. When we talk of different kinds of marriages, a monogamous one, of course, is the first one that comes to our mind. While concubines have been a part of our history, with King Tamba of Banaras, who was known to have one of the biggest harems ever, 16,000 women, eh? even today, a Muslim man can have as many as four wives at a time, provided all are treated as equals. Till today in India, we even have something that is called as polyandry, where marriage of a woman to several men at a time is permitted. Tribes like the Todas of the Nilgiris, as well as the Khasa of Uttaranchal, they still practice this till today. Now, we need to understand that this is mostly done in the fraternal form, where the husbands are all brothers. 
before one starts thinking that this is some kind of feminist move, it was done for practicality. The need for more than one husband in a society where men were being sent away for work or even on the battlefield. Being a Parsi, I understand the stress that the religion puts on marrying within the community. But when the numbers are few and the choices are less, one might be forced to marry outside the religion. Or even worse, a distant cousin within the religion. But it seems that endogamy, where an individual has to marry within a specified or defined group of which that person is a member, is something that we see all over India. The Hindu Marriage Act of 1955 does not allow marriage within five generations on the father's side and three on the mother's side. However, it does permit the marriage of cross-cousins where it is customary. While all religions have a different way of getting married, the one thing that I do find common in a lot of them is the circling of the bride and the groom. In Hindus, we have the Feras. In Sikhs, the couple goes four times around the holy book. In the Nair castes, in Kerala, they go around the lamp. And in Parsis, we have it the other way around. We have a thread that is made to go around the couple. And in some cases, we see strange customs. Like the Gujaratis follow a tradition called as Pokhu, where the mother-in-law pulls the groom's nose as a reminder for him to be humble. In East India, the moya or the shaving ceremony is when the groom's friends and his relatives come to his house so that they can smear him with toothpaste, shoe polish and even egg yolks. In Manipur, there is a tradition which involves releasing of evil spirits through fish, which the couple will let go in a pond. Now, if the fish swim together, then the marriage is said to be destined. There's also a tradition in Rajasthan which is called as the Toran Bandana where the bride is given a chance to test the sword fighting skills of her husband. She attacks the groom with a sword, swinging it at him. Now, I know all of this sounds very dangerous, but this is obviously done as mock play. In Gujaratis, they also have a ceremony where the groom is welcomed by washing of the feet with milk and honey. And then the groom is made to drink this mixture. I'm sure in today's modern day and age, they have some kind of version of this. Today, most weddings, well, they can go on for four to five days. We have this elaborate list of pre and post rituals. But for me, the Rabha tribe in Assam, I think they got it figured out. One ceremony, bride and groom exchange garlands, and boom, they're married. And on the other end of the spectrum, one has marriages like the very lavish six-day wedding between Vanisha Mittal, she is the daughter of the billionaire Lakshmi Mittal, and her husband, which also currently holds the title of the most expensive wedding in the Guinness World Records. In second position is the Ambani wedding. Isha Ambani and Anand Piramal spending up to 700 crores on their wedding. Now, this is a wedding that was attended by A-listers from around the world. We had the first lady of the US, Hillary Clinton, half of Bollywood, and of course, who can forget Beyonce even performed at their wedding. What's crazy is that they spent even more than royalty while getting married. But we've also seen in India many weddings with a heart, like Aditya Tiwari, who called over 10,000 homeless people and children, as well as 1,000 strays, 
that were part of his guest list. Jitendra Patel did the unthinkable. He invited over 18,000 widows for his son's wedding. Not only did he invite them and feed them, but he also distributed blankets as well as saplings. A couple in Uttar Pradesh made their wedding day even more special by engaging in the joy of giving. The bride and groom went and donated blood and even managed to save the life of a little girl. Creativity and innovation has always been such a driving factor when it comes to weddings. Everyone wants something different on their big day. We've seen weddings that have taken place underwater, some on helicopters. But the height of innovation was definitely seen during the pandemic. One would have thought that this industry would have come to a standstill. But as all things moved online, so did weddings. After all, it meant that you could invite as many people as you want because while Zoom has its limitations, microsites, they don't. Even matchmaking services started thriving. Shadi.com saw a jump in subscribers, parents, as well as matchmakers. And Jeevan Sathi reported that it saw that its number of video meetings, obviously they went up more than 11-fold. I love Indian weddings. The long buffet lines, the shore sharaba, the masti, the dancing. It is such an integral part of our culture. I would love to hear what you thought about this episode on my social media handles. We have those listed, in fact, in the description below. If you have any thoughts on this episode or you would like to share this lighthearted episode as well, don't forget to tag me. I'll catch you again very soon. Ciao. Thank you for listening to this episode of WAC. To make sure that you don't miss out on a new episode, subscribe to and follow the show on this app right now.